Welcome back, everybody, to a brand new episode of the Christian Kickback Podcast. On this episode, we got a very special guest. Uh, my brother Robert Harper is in the building. He's a he's an author. He's a preacher. He's a motivational speaker. One of the first uh, motivational speakers that I saw uh, that I knew personally. And so I'm just I'm very happy that he's in here, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, none other than Mr. Robert Harper to the Christian Kickback. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate the invitation, mate. What's up, man? How you been? I've been been good, man. Been trying to uh, stay positive and keep the right perspective during all this, you know, quarantine and COVID nineteen, and so. uh, But things are well, though, man. I can't complain. Man, we gonna get into it, man. This is long overdue, uh, in my opinion. (laughs) I've been I've been knowing you probably just at a distance, man. Probably like the last fifteen years, man. Maybe more. Yeah. I would see uh, it's a youth conference. Yeah, youth conference back in the day, and and people. This is how this is how I found out who you were. It's crazy. People would say, like, uh, girls would come up and be like, "Do you know Nathan?" Like, they would be talking amongst themselves, and they would say, "Nathan from which one? From Texas?" They say, "Yeah, one from Dallas or from Houston." And I was like, "Well, who?" <laughs> right, right. You were getting that too. I was, I was the like, same thing. I was like, "Well, who is the one from Houston?" And so that uh, that just turned me on to who you was. We we in the same state. Didn't really know each other And then even mm-hmm. after that though Never really just interacted Except mm-hmm. for social media So this is long overdue man But I'm gonna get into sure. it Like I do with, with every guest I believe there's a path uh, to ministry I think people look at preachers And they see one thing But they don't know how you got there So I want right. you to tell I'm not gonna give your bio I'm gonna let you give it What? How did you get into ministry? What led you there? What events occurred? What did you think you were gonna do before that? Just get into everything. I'm going to jump it up. Okay. Uh, man, that's a good question, man. Uh, ministry was not something that I had on the forefront of my mind uh, at all. It was just one of those things to where I thought I was supposed to go one route in my life. Uh, all my life, I, I love sports. I love playing, playing basketball. And uh, after, after two injuries in sports, man, I kind of felt, you know, uh, that God was definitely leading me <laughs> down a different path. But it was hard for me to accept because... Uh, what people don't understand sometimes you know things can become my idols man and and for me sports definitely became my idol and I, after that was taken away from me uh, I kind of got down I kind of got depressed I had friends of mine that were playing balls other places that were not in Houston and so for me uh, I had to rely on God I had to rely on my faith and for me it was just growing to that place to where it was no longer about just church Hannity but it was really about Christianity you know uh, for a long time, you know, I, I grew up going to church, but matter of fact, my dad's a minister. And 
uh, grew up going to church, but it was just, okay, how can I bridge that gap between uh, what I'm saying, you know, going to church, but I'm doing it my lifestyle, right? And so uh, my God started really working on my heart, uh, had some good close friends of mine, and they were they were really changing, changing their life, man, in, in a real radical way. And they were already in college. And so I was just looking at them from a distance and they were encouraging me. They would do Bible studies on campus, on college campuses. And I'm like, man, that's, that's, that's pretty dope. You know, that's pretty cool that they're doing those things. But at the time, God was just working on my heart. You know, he was just working, you know, being more sincere, being more authentic, you know, in your faith. And so uh, as God would have it, man, he gave me an opportunity that I didn't even know I, sure. I wanted, <laughs> right? <laughs> and so uh, we were we were at church one day and this particular guy couldn't teach the high school class. And so he just asked me real quick. He said, hey, can you, can you take over my high school class for me? And uh, But I'll be back towards the end. And so I'm like, why ask me, right? But I already knew that God had been working on my heart. I knew I had something to say. The gospel had become just more real in a way that it hadn't been before to me. And so um, I just went into class and I, I didn't have anything planned. I just talked to the kids, you know, uh, for a little bit. And I, and from that day, uh, I never left. Eventually I became a youth minister. Uh, I was there for what, seven more years in that class, you know, teaching and working with the youth. And, and, and I started preaching shortly after that particular time period, man. But, but ministry was something that, um, I never thought about, man, but it was just really God pressing on my heart and the gospel, man. That's, all, that's the only way I can really describe it. And I really, I really think that, you know, a lot of times we don't, we grow up and we kind of take it for granted, you know, what the gospel means and what it looks like and, and what God actually did for us. And so, uh, but just really seeing who we are and how, man, like, yeah, God really right. loves me. And that loves me like, okay, love me when I'm good, but he loves me in my worst state. And we have to do some real self-reflecting and seeing how beautiful the gospel can be. So uh, that's kind of how I went into it. Uh, asked my pops for like, I said, hey, dad, can, you see, can you hear me with my first sermon? And I'm sure he was surprised because <laughs> I, <never mentioned, laughs> I never mentioned anything like that before. And uh, and just asked him. And, and he helped me with my first sermon, man. And, and I've been thankful to God. I've been doing it for about 10 years now, 11 years now. So, uh, yeah. We're going to get into it. That's crazy that he didn't like force you into it. A lot of, a, a lot of sons of preachers are kind of just handed the mantle. You don't get asked. You don't get, you know, right. even off air. I just found out that your dad was the, the minister of the church you were going to back, back right. in the day. I didn't even know that. I just knew you were always with them and with right. uh, Highland Heights. I never put that together like that. And so the yeah. fact that he allowed you to be yourself, and allows you to get your own call from God. That's, yeah, that's I, I think that's a blessing, bro. Yeah, definitely, definitely, man. I think that's why I said, you know, it was really organic and because, and authentic, because no one did, no one pressured me, you know, no one pressured yeah. me, you should be preaching, you should, that came from outside forces, man, because of my dad, but my dad never did. You know, he I never, never once, you know, said, hey, you need to preach, or have you thought about preaching, or anything like that. Uh, it was just something that, it was a calling on my life. I felt, I just felt so compelled to, to share with others what was going on inside of me. So, right. Yeah. Right. Let me ask you this. Cause I want to back up a little bit. Just, uh, uh, I mentioned you was from Houston. What side are you on? North side, South side, North side. North side. <laughs> it's a difference. It's a, big, <laughs> it's a big difference. That's why I'm let, I'm gonna let you, let you tell it where you from. You can't just lump H town all together. Nah, People don't know that. Different. That ain't from Texas that listen to the show. 
But right. you mentioned basketball. Did you have scholarship offers? Uh, like where were you headed as far as sports were concerned? Was it just a passion and you just never yeah. considered preaching? What high school did you go to? I went to Eisenhower High School, man. And okay. I was actually uh, getting ready to, wanted to go to UTSA, uh, UT, University of Texas San Antonio. And then I had to like, I'll child up for a couple of JUCOs and had some things, you know, lining up for me. But my senior year was supposed to be like, you know, my kind of like, you know, your breakout year. You yeah, know yeah, I mean? yeah. I had some really good games. Things were going well for me. And I felt like right when things were, you know, going well, I had two major injuries, you know, that kind of hit me, gave me a setback. And, and you know, you know, looking back at it, you, you think about, okay, man, you've been playing, for, you've been playing hard during the summer. You've been trying right. to do this, that, and the other. And you're like, man, God, why? You know, why, why would you have me go through all of that? And then, you know, things are going well. And then you take it from me. And so, but it's, it's funny because I have friends now that I play sports with they said, man, uh, you didn't. You may not have seen this, but we saw it a long time ago. You know, we saw this plan for you. We saw you being a motivational speaker. We saw you being a preacher. Yeah. And uh, he said, because like you were always kind of being that leader on the court. You know, being that leader in practice. You know, motivating us and inspiring us. And uh, and it, when things went when went difficult, like you was that guy. You know, to to kind of turn mm-hmm. things around. So um, while we can't always understand it. Uh, God always has a plan, man, and, and he has a purpose. And I think a lot of times our purpose is connected to something that we do well. We've been doing well consistently, right? It's like it's, it's, it's in us. It's organic. You know, um, I remember being in eighth grade and a friend of mine named Jonathan, we were in practice, and he was like, man, I love playing with Robert. I love playing basketball with Robert. And I'll be honest with you, man. Like I, I had no clue where he was going with this because I wasn't that sweet <laughs> at that time. You know, I wasn't that sweet. <laughs> And I'm like, man, why you love playing with me? And so he said, uh, I love playing with Robert because he's always encouraging me, always encouraging me, man. And and I, and I and I never forgot that. You know, that was years ago, middle school, and it just stuck with me. And I realized that that was just part of my my temperament. That was part of my disposition. That was part of my attitude, man. Like that's that's me. I'm I'm going to try to find the the, the brighter side. I'm going to be optimistic. I want to you know help someone. Right. So uh, so yeah, that 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 really came when when things started coming together in my life and the career path I, saw, I chose to go in, I realized, man, hey, all along, this is this has been me, you know, the whole time. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, doc, that's that's kind of how that, that started. Right. That's, that's, and I think that's important because you always talk about purpose. And I think right. we miss, like, the hidden, the hidden gems and the jewels, but really just the experiences, how God can take what you wanted to do, and you're mm-hmm. already actively working in it, and you're just, just unaware. Right. And, you know, you've been a motivational speaker forever. <laughs> you just didn't know it. You see I what I'm saying? Right. Back in the day in the U conference, were you in the pageants? Like uh, were you wasn't in the pa- no, I didn't go to the pageants. Like that's that, that's the thing too. You know, even with the pageants and being up in front, I never did that. That never was never my it. thing to be out in the front and to be vocal, to be that wasn't me. So so for me to become a preacher, motivational speaker, it's like really? <laughs> you know, yeah. you yeah. You know, it, it, there was nothing like other than my probably my heart and my passion for people um, that could really tell someone that he's he's going to be a preacher. He's going to be a minister one day because uh, I wasn't doing anything. You know, some people start yeah. preaching in high school. Man, I wasn't doing early. Anything like early. <laughs> and I wasn't doing anything like that. And that's so. what I want people to see, because I think now it's ministry is trendy. It's, right. it's highly sought after. I think the YouTube era and the, and the YouTube wave and the Facebook wave the Instagram clips, I think they make it look glamorous. Make it and look glamorous. you start to chase it earlier than when we were kids, 
we didn't want right. anything to do with that. We, you know, right. preacher had to be on the straight and, and <laughs> you know, you almost right. a square in our book. Like it was like, uh, I don't right. know if I could right. do that and still be me and exactly. still be, and still be cool or still, you know, hang with certain people. You didn't know how to do ministry at 15 and 16, but now you logging on, you seeing cats like ch- chasing that early. And it's not, yeah. I'm not saying it's wrong. I just think it's trendy because of social media. And they right. don't always get the opportunity to just kind of morph into, and like you said, just have an organic and authentic experience with themselves and say, I am who I am. And, and I've been called and right. I've been called out of being the person that I'm, I don't want to be out front. I'm not intentionally trying to fo- follow my father. I'm just, I'm, I'm Robert. Yeah, and this is God picked yeah. and chose me. I think it's those stories that we don't hear anymore. They're there, yeah, but <laughs> go ahead. No, it's it's important. I really, I really do believe it's important to have this authenticness about it because ministry is work, man. It's not, you know, yeah. when you see YouTube and you see social media, you see um, people having little clips. Like that's the easy part, right? Right, right. Uh, and that's what I knew growing up. I even when before I would, I had a slight, uh, you know, insight that this is where God is leading me. I did. I was. I hesitated in going full time into the ministry because I understood that me speaking for forty five minutes to an hour on stage—that's the easy part. Yeah. Ministry is work. <laughs> you know, it's like you, you're really <laughs> in people's lives. You know, you're in people's lives. You're trying to help and 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 pour into them. And sometimes it's not always reciprocated, right? Right. So, right. Yeah. So it, can you be alone? Can you be a servant and suffer at the same time, man? So mm-hmm. it, a lot of those things to me wasn't glamorous. And and if I didn't have to be a part of it, I didn't want to. I didn't, I didn't want to be a part of it. <laughs> right. But, they don't understand yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. So, But some people don't see that. They just see the glamour and they get fascinated with that. And like, oh, man, he can have this. He can, He's preaching this. And everybody's uh, is drawn to the, his style or whatever. The and crowd, like, man. They see the, the crowd. crowd. It's the crowd, you know? And I said, no, nah, that's 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 not ministry, man. You know, that's just a small portion yeah. uh, of what you you've been given your gift. But it's it's true. Purpose is about serving, and that's what ministry mm-hmm. is. It's about serving. So it's, it's and and they don't and you only see the crowd. I think Jesus was tempted with that effect just from the devil, just being uh, famous. If you jump off of here and you live, you get this mm-hmm. instant fame. Mm-hmm. Or, or, but ministry isn't the crowd. The crowd is pulling Zacchaeus out of the crowd and then going into his home. And we don't know what was said in that home, but we know that he changed when he was out. And that's the part that's ministry to me, the part that they can't see, but they see it manifested in the center or in the loss that, that, and that you get no praise for that because we don't know what Jesus said. Yeah, you know, there's no likes for that, man. There's you get no, no praise no, for the three a.m. call. No, no praise, no likes, no no no, no instant <laughs> followers for that. You checking on people, checking on people, calling people, seeing how people yeah. are doing. You know that that that's uh, or even people calling you. You know right. what I mean? Interrupting your schedule, but you are a servant. You know, so you right, say, okay, right. how can I pour into this person at a time where they need it the most? And it's not just about me. For sure. And so uh, that yeah, like you just said, man, nobody, no one sees that part. But gonna see it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so uh even with that though, I wanna I wanna look at just I think the impact that well let's back up, let's back up. For people who are uh interested in ministry and they're mm-hmm. interested in just the stage part of it, because you do both. You mm-hmm. inspire and motivate just in the corporate sector. And I haven't really seen that in the Church of Christ Fellowship. 
Right. I'm not saying nobody else is doing. It was something. Can you say the same? Did you? Did you no, really? No, for sure. That, that, I didn't see it, bro. Talked about that. I'm glad you mentioned that, man, because that was my hesitation. To be honest yeah. with you, man, early on, I didn't see other people could see how I could bridge the two, but I couldn't because I've never seen yeah. it before. Uh, and it was and, and preaching the gospel and me going into motivational speaking while I was going to high schools, colleges, or, or now corporations. I didn't see how I love both of them equally. I feel like God had gifted me both anywhere I go, whether I'm doing motivational speaking at a college or corporation, they always come up to me and say, do you preach? You know, right. <laughs> or, or, you know, so. Or, or you should preach. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You should preach, you know, or, or if, I, if I'm preaching somewhere, they, people always say, man, I'm, I'm, I'm left encouraged, you know, mm-hmm. even me telling the truth, me, even me talking, you know, just telling them the gospel, there is some element about that, that right. people, people are encouraged by it, you know, by the way, I, the way I give it. And so, um, I just have to accept that this is who I am. <laughs> this is who I am. I can't get around it. I can't hide it. And so, um, yeah, going back to your point earlier, man, I didn't know early on how to bridge the two, how to bridge the styles, how to bridge, uh, because when you first start preaching, man, you, you start looking at different people and you, and you, you know, unconsciously you mimic people that you've been yeah. watching for years you know, yeah. and so eventually, you know, you just, you, you pattern, you get your own style. You, you figure out what works for you. And, and, and I wanted to make sure that I was always authentic when I was preaching. And it was something that was true to me. I wasn't going up there trying to mimic my dad or mimic someone that mm-hmm. I saw. Um, but, but that, but unconsciously that happens sometimes, you know, when, especially yeah. when you first start out and you kind of start developing your own style. But I really want to figure out how do I merge both uh, worlds together and, and motivational speaking for me, it was my way of trying to bridge those who were unchurched, right? That's it. Giving, giving people who, giving people principles that they may not be familiar with, but they're biblical principles and they're sound for life, right? They will, they will help you through your life, period. No matter if you go to church or not, you know, if you follow yeah. these principles, they will help you in your life. And so I, I realized that I had a great need for that, man. You know, had a great need for giving back to, to those individuals that came from where I came from, you know, you know, schools where they didn't have a lot. They weren't privileged to, to much. So I wanted to go back to those schools and just, hey, man, hey, give them a word. Right. And so right. that I was really passionate about that. Um, and, and I enjoy it, man. I enjoyed doing both. And I remember years ago, I told someone, I think I was just starting out, maybe it was in my early 20s, and I told this person, I want to do motivational speaking. I want to do preaching. I want to write books. I was just telling all yeah, my dreams yeah, yeah. to this person what I wanted to do. And they were like, just tell me, you need to pick one. <laughs> right. And I just remember feeling so discouraged by that. You know, they were like, you just need to pick something and stick with it. You know, which one do you want to do? And, and God has blessed me, man. He's blessed me to be able to do all three. And and man. I'm just so grateful to God that that's I abundant living, man. Yeah, man. I didn't listen to that person. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't listen to that person. <laughs> well, I box yourself in, man. Yeah. Don't, I just feel like God created you for way more. I I think that's the thing in Christianity and ministry that we don't talk about the potential that you don't ever tap into mm-hmm. because someone said you're this or right. you're that. You know, yeah. what if Jesus just only uh, the miracle was just turning water into wine and everywhere he went, he did the same thing. Then somebody's exactly. not fed. Then somebody's the, can't walk. Then the leper isn't healed because right. the highlight is, man, you, what we just saw when you did what you did at Cana at the wedding. If, if you, if you can just do that every time we see you <laughs> <laughs> stick it, stay in your lane, 
You know what I'm saying? Or just just teach. You you tell the parables very well. Just do that. But he's doing things simultaneously. And so I just think that I'm glad you said that. And I'm also glad you in in that you told your mission about why you chose what you chose Mm -hmm. to do both. Because I think the critique is from preachers and from just like the church is, well, that's motivational speaking. That's not preaching. Exactly. Or he can't pick apart the text like that. He can come in here and raise his voice and have passion, but passion ain't preaching. Mm-hmm. And so they're critiquing you. You don't even know it, mm-hmm. but they're hesitant to almost take you as serious as you take yourself because it's, hold on, he's that's his lane. So we'll bring him in on youth night or we'll he's bring him in here. But they don't know that the two actually can be separate and apart when you want it to, and you can merge them when you want it to. I think you're highly skilled in both. You just know when to pick what you're going to do. Yeah, and man, I'm, I'm so <laughs> glad you, you brought that, that that up, man, because that's exactly my struggle. You know, when you're early in your 20s, man, you, you still have that concept of what other people think about me, you know, yeah. what, what, and you're really conscious of that, you know. Uh, when you get in your 30s, man, you kind of, that don't really, that don't really bother you, you, you don't care much. no more, man. <laughs> that don't really bother you too much, man, but, but definitely early on, man, I thought about, man, because I grew up in a church. So, I, yeah. I, honestly, I felt like yeah. people were going to say, hey, that's not real preaching. You know, and mm-hmm. I, my, that's all my dad did was preach. And so I said, okay, people look at me and say, oh, that's not real preaching. You're doing motivational speaking. Or we'll, we'll bring you in for youth day. You know, and, and you had to you had to just kind of, that's just, it went along with the territory, you know. But I had to realize that, no, I do both. And I love both. And I'm going to, and there's no one that can tell me that I can't, you know, if God has gifted me in that way, he gave me a passion for it, then yes, I can do both, man. And, and I think that's really just knowing who you are and knowing what God has gifted you with and say, okay, Lord, I'm going to walk in that. I'm not going to try to, you know, my dad said something to me that was really, really freeing at one time. He said, man, your ministry may not look like my ministry, right? you know, and I, and I, and I appreciated that he said that because it was. It, it, you know, I never tried to look like his ministry, but there was always this, you know, somewhere deep in, in, within my mind, the concept of, you know, how are others perceiving it? And am I trying to appease other people in some kind yeah. of way? And he kind of just gave me that freedom to say, hey, man, don't don't try to make yours like mine. You know, don't make right. your ministry like my ministry <laughs> because you're going to reach people that I couldn't reach. And, and, and that was really freeing. And I, I would tell anybody, especially parents, man, just you know, give your children the opportunity to be themselves, you know, right. however that may, you know, what that may look like, you know, so give them that freedom to express their gifts, their talents, their abilities, because they can be a servant in the kingdom. And you may not even realize, man, oh, you gifted it in poetry or you gifted it this, you right. gifted that. that, you know, use that, use that and for that, the glory of God, man. So, man, that is, that's a, and, and that's a jewel you just dropped because I think just the patterns and the traditions of, just church period. We can say black church, white church, whatever you want to call it, denominational lines uh, crossed. We, we say early on to men, we need singers and we need preachers and we kind of lose some of the people who have gifts in other areas. Mm -hmm. And because I don't sing or I don't preach at that time, you don't need me. (laughs) You know, if, especially if you're artistic, I don't know if you felt this, but growing up, I, I couldn't be boxed in. It was mm-hmm. like, I was one of those kids. I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. And mm-hmm. I thought it strange because everybody's like, I want to be a firefighter. I want to be an officer. They knew. And you don't right. know because God hadn't allowed you to know because you'll just chase that. And so I think 
what you do is needed just in the kingdom period. Because if you can pull out the the purpose out of that individual, young or old, because you'd be shocked. Well, you won't be. But listeners would be shocked at how many older individuals, 30s, 40s, never tapped into purpose. And so they're doing less for the kingdom of God because they don't know it. So you actually need the Robert Harper's of the world more than you're than you know. And so when you said what you said about I live this, uh, you know, I, I I I do this one and I do this one and I and I love them both. Not only do you do them and you love them, but you study both. There's an art to both. Mm-hmm. Motivation speaking is not a gimmick. <laughs> Yeah, there's, no, a, <laughs> there's an art form just like there is an art form to preaching mm-hmm. it looks different on every on every preacher and it looks different on every speaker but people wouldn't have conferences where they're <laughs> teaching you and training and courses if it wasn't a form and i think they missed that part of it, that you've actually right. studied this side of it and you grew up in this side and studied this side and so it's a dual effort that I think they, you actually not, I don't want to say worth more, but the value is high for somebody who's, who's multi-dimensional or they can go be cross-disciplined or interdisciplinary, whatever the term you want to use to say, I speak and I can go into this school and do this. And then I can go into uh, this men's conference and do this. Mm. And then I can go Sunday morning and do this. That's, that's, that's something that's brilliant. That's skill set. Yeah. Yes. And and yeah. that's why I wanted you on here because I want you to talk about like what you actually uh just the the course that you put yourself through. Was it books you read on motivational speaking? Did you go to trainings? How did you do this? And then what did you do for ministry? Just so people can know he's not he, he's doing both. Right. From a place of education. Right. Now, I'm glad you mentioned that, man, because, the, man, you, you said it you, just, you said it so well, man. It is a skill set in both lanes. And, and, and I think for me, initially, I wanted to go into, you know, preaching and and that was the first thing. But at the same time, at the same same year, I saw this motivational speaker in college, man, and I heard him. And I said, I, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do that. I want to do that. And I just heard him. He was so polished and he was so skilled. And, and I didn't, I was just a, a really, I was a part of an organization in college that, that was, uh, their role was to basically serve those that were there, pass food, make sure they had cars, make sure, you know, everybody was comfortable. That was my role. And as I saw this motivational speak, speaker, I was like, man, that's always been me. And so I told my dad a little later, I said, I said, man, I saw this motivational speaker today. And he said, hey, man, if you if you want to go in that lane, there's definitely space for that, because if you get good, they'll pay you for it. <laughs> they'll pay you right, for it. Right. And I was like, oh, really? I was like, OK. So at the same time, I had this interest in, 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 in preaching, I had the interest in motivational speaking. And both of them were you know, true uh, and authentic to me. So here's the thing. I just literally fell in love with being a student in every aspect of the word. Like I really fell in love with reading and studying. And and here's the thing too that I, that I find funny today is that I didn't even realize that my dad was a resource for me. Didn't mm. realize it. I just saw him as a dad, you know, all my life. You know, people saw him in other other ways. You know, he's a preacher, he's this and the other, but oh, that's my dad. And so for me, I there's a quote that I love. It says, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear, right? Mm-hmm. And so 
I was literally one day putting together a lesson and I let my dad hear it. And he said, uh, let me give you some suggestions. And God honest truth, I'm refusing suggestions from somebody that's been doing it for over 30 years, you know? Wow. And <laughs> I'm like, no, I just want to do this. I want to do this. And, you know, really like I wanted to do it type of thing. And he said, son, listen to me. He said, if I give you something at my age right now and you get it at 19, 20, 21 years old, he said, guess what? You skip 30 years. Mm-hmm. You skip you you skip 30 years worth of information and studying and, and I'm giving it to you. And once you got it, you got it. Nobody is going to question you about where you got it from. And so it was at that moment, they like at that moment, I realized, hold on. So if I just can go out there and read more, <laughs> if I can study more, if I Man. can listen more, you know what I mean? If I it, then I'll get the information as well and I'll be able to sound like I'm, you know, like I know what I'm talking about. You know, when I get on these yeah. stages, that's what I just became a student, man. I would I would go buy books. And I remember my dad would say, hey, I got that one in the back uh, already, man. You should ask me and I'll do it again. He said, man, I got that book in the back. Waste too. Of you money. Should ask me. <laughs> it was like, I was like, what? And so I just started going back to my dad. He had, he had like a really uh, large library. And I would go back and just read, study, try to figure things out. And that's on the ministry side. I mean, I could read books like that all day long because I was so intrigued. And, and, and I, I, let me share this, too, for people, too, that, that, that may be in this space, that even in ministry, man, at that point, point in my life, I felt like the enemy was testing my faith so much because I had literally uh, put myself out there at such a young age. I started questioning everything. I started yeah. questioning everything. I said, man, is, is, is God real? Is the Bible real? Is all of this stuff valid? And I started having a lot of different questions that really was like, you know, on me, you know, I'm like, hey, God, you gifted me with this, but I'm, I'm, I'm having a hard time, you know? And so when I went to my dad about it, I was kind of hesitant because I didn't want to seem like the black sheep of the family. Right, you know, right, right. Questions about, those, you know, God those are tough and, questions from a preacher's kid. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and, but I asked him and he was so uh, receptive and he said, man, son, you got to do your own study. You got to do your own work, you know? And I just really like got fascinated about the validity of the scriptures, the validity of God, like just start studying from a scientific standpoint, from a geographic standpoint, historical standpoint. And I just was like all day. That's all I wanted to, you know, listen to, watch, read, study, because for me, it was no longer about I'm depending on my parents' faith. Like I'm doing this now, you know, and if I'm giving up all the stuff, I'm probably giving up, <laughs> you know, right, for right. God at such a young age, I want to know that, I'm doing the right thing. And so it was a challenge for me, man. Uh, but God restored my faith so much during the time period and, and built it stronger than it ever was, you know, before then. So on one side, I could, I could get in books and read the, the theologians and, and read different books. But I know the average person is not interested in those kind of things, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And so what I'm trying to do, I'm trying to bridge. I'm trying to make a bridge for those that are the unchurched. Right. What are the principles that they can take away and still be blessed at the same time and potentially be led to Christ, too? And so but on the other side, I just got fascinated with speakers, man. I'll be honest with you, I got literally fascinated with Les Brown, uh, uh, Zig Ziglar. Uh, yeah, Jim yeah, yeah. I just got fascinated with the greats, man. And literally, uh, I would sit there and just watch them all day, you know, watch them while I was on my way to the gym or watch them on my way to school or whatever, you know. And uh, just looking at their style and mimicking their style and trying to figure out my, my, my lane within all of that. And, um, yeah, I just studied the art form of it. I studied 
how to connect with people, how to resonate with people. Uh, what are some of those, how you need to say it, you know, how you need to say it. And, and if the crowd, if you're losing a crowd, how do you yeah, get the is. crowd back? You know <laughs> what I mean? And it's just so, so I was telling somebody the other day, I said, man, it's, it's definitely a different experience. Every audience, because if I'm speaking to a corporation, that's totally different than speaking to a group of middle school kids. Right. Right. And, right. <laughs> and so, uh, and you got to know that you got to know that what you say to them, you can't say to these group of middle school kids and still still resonate. And so uh, it definitely is a skill set, man. And, and I'm just I just became hungry, man, because I wanted to do both. I became hungry and, and, and trying to learn the word. And, and really, it was more so about I'm really, really honest with this, man. You know, yeah, I, I memorize scriptures and I, I probably could do a better job at memorizing. I know some people that can just quote, 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 quote scriptures. But for me, what I wanted most was I wanted to really have a heart change because I felt like once my heart was changed and I got a better understanding of the gospel, man, that that would be the calling. That would be my thing. That, that when people heard me speak, they could hear that he's in love with the gospel. Right. He's, it's, it's more than just being fanciful with his words. It's more than just being, you know, flowery or saying this, that, other. While all of that has its place, I wanted people to know that I truly understand the value and, and what, what God did for humanity. And, and when people could walk away with that, they could say, hey, man, that's, that's what I wanted people to talk. Mm-hmm. I, I really, I, to this day, man, I still, I still want that to lead every sermon that I have, man. Uh, because I think sometimes we just don't, especially growing up in the church, we're like, oh, yeah, I know Jesus is out on the cross for our sins. I'm like, right. but do you know? <laughs> do you know? No, you know, do you know, man. And, and uh, that's, that's 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 my thing, man. So yeah, both are a skill set, and you just have to. Re- for me, I just became a student, man. And there are people in my life, like my dad, that, that helped me. I, I was around great mentors in my college that really uh, inspired me, not only from a speaking standpoint, from from my edu- from to get my education. And I had people like um, uh, Les Brown and Jim and Jim Rome and Zig Ziglar. These were mentors from a distance for me, man. And and I I, I truly truly. Um, I'm grateful for, for them being mentors and the, the access to the internet because I could literally sit there and watch Jim Rohn for four hours. And no, no lie. I would sit <laughs> there and watch, you know, I would break it up maybe like an hour, then another hour. But I would And that's really boring watch. to some people. It's boring to some, but that's how I knew it was something that I love to do. Uh, because I remember one time I tried to, when I was so excited, I tried to share with somebody else. They were like, this is four hours long. This is four hours, yeah. is four hours long. <laughs> you gonna watch the whole thing? <laughs> <laughs> this is four hours long, but but I was so uh, wrapped up in in style and how they deliver, and I think that helped me a lot because some people now when I go speak, I do speaking engagements, man, and they don't see me with notes, and they say I'm yeah. with notes, and uh, don't need. I, don't, I, I don't need my notes, you know, because I would I would watch Les Brown. I would what I would be so fascinated with. I would watch Les Brown. And he would speak somewhere and then he would go speak somewhere else. He would give pretty much the identical speech somewhere else. And so I realized this man got it up here. Like he memorized it. It's like, it's all in him. And so mm-hmm. that's when I just uh, realized, you know, if I'm going to go up there and speak, I'm going to put that time in to make sure that when I get up there, it's in me. And it's not just memorized, right. but it's in my spirit. You know, right. it's in my spirit, man. And and, and and that's one of the things I think kind of separated me early on because you don't see a lot of young people doing that. You didn't see a lot of young people doing that. They would always kind of have their notes with them and stuff. And, yeah. and, and they're going to let you know, man, I got three points. And, I, and yeah. <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would make sure I had it 
all up here, man, because I would, I would, I would train. And the way I train, I, I tell other people too, I say preparation is your biggest, uh, it's, it's your friend, you know, yeah. preparation. And when, when you prepare the way you're supposed to prepare, it's all in you. That, no matter what discipline you're doing, you know, whether that's preaching, whether that's whatever job, preparation is key, absolutely key. So mm-hmm. um, I found that to be uh, so critical in my career path is that making sure that when I speak to you guys and when people hear it, that's not the first time I'm saying it, <laughs> you know, right. I've said this for probably about two weeks out, you know, I've said this already and I've been just going over it. And so when you see it, it seems so raw and so real and so passionate, but, but, I, but you're making through. it seem like you saying it for the first time right? or, or you're only talking to me, you know, the <laughs> yeah. best, the best speakers are the people who can make you feel like it's just us in the room and whether he he was encouraging me or fussing at me or whatever it was, <laughs> I felt like, oh, he just looking at me, you know, and eye contact, you know, all of that right. stuff. And I think when people book you, they don't realize that when you book him, a Ro- the Robert Harpers of the world, you're getting somebody who sat and studied for four or five. To, you only ask him to speak for 45 minutes, right. but you don't understand. Uh, I think we call it the 10,000 hours, mm-hmm. you know, that, that rule. You don't understand every little thing goes with every other thing so for him to learn how to preach and speak without notes for him to you know memorize for him to know how to pace the floor look this way look that way they don't know all of that it's just like oh he's a speaker you if you make something look easy it's not value at the at the right price yeah and 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 that's so true now because i think some people when they actually do it they realize that it's not easy right right you realize that oh and actually take, it's kind of like the thing with sports. If you ever played sports growing up, mm-hmm. some people can look at sports and say, oh man, look, they're just throwing a ball or they're just shooting a basketball in the hoop. But if you ever played sports growing up, you look at it and say, nah, that ain't easy. That, nah, that ain't, it ain't easy. You can't easy. jump like I that. You nah, know? So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm a LeBron fan I, and I fight to the death because I don't think yeah. anybody at 35 should be doing that nah, at that level for 17 plus years. <laughs> you you got to be kidding me. And, and, and the hours that he puts in. I ain't going to go on the end on that. That's why I love him, though. It's just the it's the work you can tell. It's like, man, you you overboard. He just didn't with show it. up that way. Exactly. Yeah, he, <laughs> he can't work in and has to keep putting it in. You mm-hmm. don't get to the finals that many times, and and it's just you know by chance. But yeah, yeah. tell us, this is the this is the part I want to get into because I think we see your clips like mm-hmm. on YouTube. We see your clips on Instagram. We see the clips on Facebook, and those are great. And people can aspire to be that. What was that first speech like? What was that first? <laughs> what was that first sermon like? <laughs> see that? See, I, I can tell the way you laughing that it didn't go the way. It never goes the way you think in your head. No man. And even but as I, a veteran, I, is it like that still? Oh, uh, well, okay. So here's the crazy thing: when I first did my sermon, first did a motivational talk, I felt there was something inside of me, even though I didn't do well. Mm. that said i'm supposed to be doing this right and it's a funny thing that even though i didn't do i wasn't the best i knew something in my core that i'm supposed to be doing this and i want to do it more and i'm and i'm i'm willing to learn to and get better okay so um the first yeah the first sermon the first uh speak it doesn't go great you know all the time because this is your first time doing it i remember my first speaking speaking engagement at the college I brought all my family around. 
I told them all to come over because I wanted to practice in front of them. And it's just funny to think about those early stories. You know, like I wanted to be so prepared. I brought my entire family around me just so I can uh, Did they give you the truth? Yeah, yeah, they gave me some, But here's the thing. My family showed me nothing but love, right? But after I finished, my dad was, was telling me, okay, here's some areas in which you need to improve on because he would always be conscious enough to say, people are always going to give you praise and say, oh, yes. you're the best thing since this. You, you, you're so great. You're so wonderful. But my, I knew that my dad looked at it from a different angle and different perspective because this is what he had been doing for years. So while somebody else may look at it and say, oh, man, that was great. Good job for your age, this, that, and the other. Uh, my dad looked, had a different set of lenses when he looked at it. And so I was really more attentive to what he said rather than what everybody, everyone else said. And so it's not, not believing the hype, right? Yeah. Not believing, oh, man, you're so great. You're so this. It's okay. How could I have gotten better? How could I, you know, what, what could I have said? What, you know, and I would always, and I'm so grateful for that, man, because sometimes we believe the hype just to have somebody in your corner to say, okay, no, right. let's, 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 you know, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> to say, okay, like, yeah. Be real with me, man. Yeah, be real. Be real with me, man. And, uh, but that's, Have you ever bombed? You, have you ever yeah, gone up man. there and been like, I blew that? I blew, hey, I've had several times where I've messed up, man, and I just said to myself, man. How, how did I do that? Or why did I do that? Or, and, and let me tell you something, man. It usually has something to do with preparation. And preparation is not just reading the material. It's getting it in your spirit. And I stress this enough. I can't stress this enough. It's like when you speak, it has to be all in you. Like where when you get up there, it's just the overflow. Uh, so it's not like, so I'll give you an example, man. Uh, I started speaking at the college on a regular basis into and they told me that they wanted me to be the, on the recommended speakers list. So basically, I would go around to different professors and I would speak to their, in their classroom all throughout the week. I spoke on Monday and Tuesday, and I had a great day. I killed it. It was great. I was like, man, grateful to God it went well. Friday, I had to speak, I had to speak on Friday. I, I didn't touch my notes since Tuesday afternoon. Didn't mm -hmm. touch my notes. Picked them back up maybe an hour before on Friday, and I had to speak again. And I bombed. I bombed. Uh, and, and it was because I didn't take the time to refresh, refresh the words and put them in my spirit again and, and to just get uh, it all in me. And I just took it for granted that I would be able to do the same thing that I did on Monday and Tuesday, and I'll be able to do that on Friday. And it's not. It's not the same. You know, uh, and I do the same thing with preaching. You know, if I, I can have a sermon all written out, laid out, and someone can tell me, hey, we need you to preach uh, in a month from now, I'm like, oh, okay, I got a sermon. I I'll preach. Yeah, I got that already. I got that already. <laughs> no, like you need to go back over those notes. You need to get it in your spirit because something else may come to you. A fresh word may come to you while you're studying it again. Because if you're if you're reading every day and you're and you're being a learner every day, then something may else come to you that you didn't have six months ago when you first wrote the sermon, right? right? And so it, it's fresh, it's new, it's in your spirit. And that's most of the time when I, when I, early on when I would bomb, it has to do with preparation. It has to do with not, not having it all in my spirit to the point to where it's now just an overflow of, 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 of what I'm wanting to say. So uh, that's key, you know, and you're going to have those moments. You're going to have those moments where you have ups and downs and you just, uh, but what helped me though was that I realized that uh, people would say, oh man, man, I really appreciate what you had to say last time. I really appreciated uh, your word. And they started, yeah. people started talking. And so now I realize that you can't just, you gotta, you gotta keep, and once you, <laughs> once you do well, you can't just 
you, you know, can't fall drop off back down. You can't fall down. <laughs> that pressure. But you gotta keep. Yeah. You gotta keep staying right here because this is what people expect. And so, um, yeah, it's and for me, that's just having an appreciation and respect for the craft, for mm-hmm. uh, who you're speaking to, uh, for the gift itself, for God. It's like I don't want to go into anything not prepared. When when you have when you're prepared, I just feel like you got respect. You you respect the craft. You respect the gift. You respect the giver of the gift, you know. So uh, that's what that's what preparation means to me, man. It's like just having respect for the craft. But you did bomb your first time. Oh, for sure. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> they gotta know oh, that, man, because I think people think if I don't get it right the first time, I I shouldn't do this. Yeah. Or, or you'll yeah, let no. somebody tell you that, like, hey, I don't know if this for you, baby. You know how they, the yeah. old sister in the back might tell you, you ain't yeah. got it, and you have it. It's and just have it. It's not perfected. It's not it's, perfect, it's, and it's not but supposed it's to be. Right. It, it, like you said before, the 10,000 hours, it's not supposed to be, man. It's not, this is your first time doing it. And with anything, it's your first time doing it, you're not going to be the best. And mo- most of the time, what we do, Nate, we're, we're our expectations, are we're looking, we're judging ourselves based on someone that's been doing it for 10, 20, 30 years. Man, yes. Right? And it's like, yes. <laughs> why would you not judge Les yourself? Brown, you ain't no, why, you know, if why you're, you're not T.D. Jakes, why you preach? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, and I don't do it like him, so that means I'm not supposed to be doing. It. No, do it. And then you try to do way. it like him, and and yeah. and then you're gonna bomb that because it ain't you. That ain't you, exactly, yeah. man. And and you can only be yourself, man. That's so right. come guys. You brought that up, man, because you can't be another this person or that person. You have to be yourself. Find your style. Find what 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 works for you. And 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 when you do that, people will be like, man, that was that was good. You can't find it, like, you know, speaking profession, you can't find another E.T. And it's funny because yeah. when I see people try to be E.T., it's like, I can tell you trying to be E.T. You know, you're trying to be E.T., uh, whether that's, you know, it's like, don't be E.T. Because E.T. is already E.T. Just be you. Just be you. You know, be you. And when you're you, mm-hmm. you're, you you're going to excel, man. So let me let me ask you this. This is probably a tough question. I've gone through this. Are you ever in a position where you've had to develop to meet the requirements and meet the person uh, that you're encouraging everybody else to be. So is there a discipline or is there a principle that you, you started talking about and do you realize, man, I ain't never really mastered that. Mm. I've never really, I, I fell right here. Mm-hmm. I'm still trying to get my focus, right? I'm still uh, lazy or I'm still like, have you ever been preaching or motivational uh, speaking and saying, man, I'm talking to me today. Yeah. Because this, <laughs> cause this is what people they think you've mastered everything that you say. Yeah, that's and that's 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 something that's uh people assume that because this person is speaking, this person is uh giving a word uh in the pulpit, but it's not it's not the case, man. A lot of times, especially with my sermons, man, gotta you know hit me all over the head before I give it to other people, you know. And right. it's like, man, God had to deal with me before I came to you, you know. And so, it, it, a lot of times. Um, it's just about it's just about being faithful to the assignment and what I right. mean by that is that it's not about me and I try to tell I, 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 if your heart is right and you want to do the right thing understand that you won't be perfect but understand that this message that, that has been given to you it doesn't originate from you so I'm just a messenger mm-hmm. I'm just telling you what I know God would want to be said <laughs> Right? right, not saying I, I perfected this. <laughs> I haven't right. perfected what I'm saying, but this but it's is still the goal. valuable to you. It's still valuable. <laughs> this is this is the goal. This is the assignment. This is the mission. This is the calling. 
Uh, but I, but I, I, I do put an emphasis on my, on myself to the point to where I don't want to be a public success, but a private failure. Right. And so I make sure that if I'm saying something, I'm truly trying to live that out in my life, uh, knowing that I'm not perfect, knowing that I have my imperfections, but I understand that I cannot speak in such a powerful way. I can't give the word in the way that I know that I should give it. If I'm living this double life, you know, if I'm not striving after to be more, uh, what God has called me to be, man. And that's just me personally. I just, I, I knew early on that I couldn't do that. And early, to be honest with you, Nate, I, I struggled with that. You know, I was like, man, I'm preaching, but then I'm a young man too. I'm 20 something right, years right, old. I'm like, right. I want to do my, I want to do my thing. And so what I quickly realized too, was that, okay, Hey, you can't, you love this. And by you living this way, you can't function and do this at a high level. Uh, it's mm-hmm. just not, it's, it's not real to me. It doesn't become authentic to me. And so um, while I'm not perfect, I, I do make a sincere effort to try to live my message. And so, uh, but, but that's, that's key, man. I think that's just, that just brings a certain level of res- integrity uh, yeah. to your speech, a certain level of respect, self-respect, uh, self-love, man, when you're honestly trying to live out your message. And I stress that you're not perfect. I'm not perfect. None of us will be perfect, but, it's like David, when David, when the Bible says he's a man after God's own heart, we know David had his flaws, right. but it's, it's the fact that he was willing to repent. He was willing to confess it. And he was willing to say, Lord, I'm back again. I'm returning back. To, I want to, I, I, I want to do the right thing, you know? And that's how God can say that he's a man after my own heart because he wants to do the right thing. That's you know, it. he may fall, but he wants to do right, you know? And, and, and when he does fall, he gets it right again. So. That's it. Let's let's talk about the book, because I think this is a big accomplishment, because even once I said I said we don't have a lot of motivational speakers that turn preachers or preachers turn speakers or do both uh, effectively. But the authors, I can just say in the church of Christ alone is where you go to a church and they say they can say buy my book. <laughs> <laughs> they can tear up the Bible. And that's not to say everybody's an, an author and everybody has to write. But like I said, it's just another layer in, in which uh, you have. And so the book is called Talk to Yourself. It's available probably, uh, what is it, Amazon or Amazon. where you get your books. Yeah. But Amazon for sure. What what what's, what led you to finally write it? You probably wrestled with it for how many years? Yeah, for, for a while. <laughs> what what led you to years, say, so. I'm, I'm, I'm going to write this. I'm not going to say I'm going to write a book. I'm going to start and finish it. How old were you? Where were you, what season uh, were you in in your life? And just go into who were you when you started uh, the process of writing Talk to Yourself and why you named it Talk to Yourself? Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that, man. Uh, that's, that's a good question. So I didn't, I didn't, I knew I wanted to write a book one day. Uh, just didn't know how, what, what was I going to talk about in that whole process of it all. And uh, so my background is in psychology too in college, and so I would have these conversations with individuals, and and people would just share and just talk about their dreams and their goals uh, with me, and 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 usually the conversation would go like this: "Man, I want to do this, but," mm-hmm. or or I, I I need to do this, but, and they wouldn't even notice that they would insert this but into the conversation. <laughs> but I, I realized that it was it was becoming like a pattern. I was talking to different people and they would literally suspend 
their goals and their dreams. Like they would substitute their dreams for something that that they appear that appeared to be more convenient or realistic, you know, at the time. And so, um, so for me, it was it was a it was a letdown to hear people talk about their goals and their dreams. But and I'm I'm getting excited with them. And then all of a sudden they say, but. And then I'm like, oh man! <laughs> so so, so you don't do you, you ain't gonna do it. <laughs> You're not about to do it, man. So I started wrestling with that, and I started to say to myself, why don't people believe that, that it's a belief issue, right? Because if you want to do something. You know, you're going to do it if you believe it. If you if if you believe that it's possible, you're going to do it. And so, what I'm starting to realize that in the conscious mind, uh, we can have thoughts like, "I want to do. I want to be a better spouse. I want to uh, uh, be a better employee. Whatever it is, we we can have conscious thoughts, but it's our unconscious mind that is really directing our lives, right? And so, whatever we've heard when we were growing up, whatever the things that have seeped into our unconscious mind that really directs our lives. And so if you're going to do something, if you're, if you, if you're really going to uh, strive after something, then you have to understand that it's, it has to be rooted in the unconscious mind to where you know that you know that you know that I'm going to do this, right? And so uh, that's why I wrote the book because I wanted to help people understand you have to have a conversation with yourself, you know, and you've got to stop being your worst enemy. You've got to stop right. speaking against yourself, you know, if you want to be able to do something, and I just believe that if we can speak words that uh, that can prevent us from doing some bad things, uh, we can prevent. We can say some words that can prevent us that that can keep that can help us or inspire us to do some good things, right? And and we all know that to be true. Like we know that words are powerful. We know that that words have uh, that words direct our lives. You know, and we know that by whether by a scripture. Or whether by just our own life experiences, we know words are powerful. The whole saying that sticks and stones may break my bones, but you know, but words words uh, can't hurt me. Words, words can't hurt me. We know as adults, we know that's not true, mm-hmm. right? There's some people still dealing with words that were spoken over their lives from years ago, right? Still trying right, to figure right. out and wrestle with those thoughts. And so I, I'm telling, I'm writing this book because I want people to understand that you have the ability to change the direction of your life by the power of your thoughts, by what you're thinking, right? And so, um, and so that, that was my motivation because I kept hearing diff- different individuals saying this, saying that, but not going after the goals and the dreams that they really uh, wanted to, wanted to uh, reach. And so for me, also from a spiritual standpoint, 1 Samuel chapter 30, right, where, where, where David goes into Ziklag and he has these men that he they're they're, they're like his the train uh, he's training them, but they're under him, right? And and they're all they go into the city, of Z, they go into Ziglag, and they realize that the enemies had come in, burnt burnt it down, taking the women, taking the children, and all these people that were dependent on David are now crying. These are grown men crying and weeping and frustrated and, and ready to flat out kill David, right? Because right. that's the leader. That's the leader. And the Bible says that David had to encourage himself in the Lord. And I, I said, man, that's powerful because, you know, we can get through a difficult season. Like, that's not the challenge to get through a difficult mm-hmm. season. The challenge is going through a difficult season when there's no one to encourage you, right? It's like right, right. When, when there's no one to say there's going to be a brighter tomorrow. How do you handle that, right? And so David had to encourage himself <laughs> in the mm-hmm. Lord, right? And, and And so in the book, I talk about, how that this is not a book where you just read it one time and you put it back on the shelf. Like I'm literally talking to the reader, 
but there's a section in every chapter where the reader is talking to themselves. They're talking in first person because I wanted them to really take in those words and realize that this is your life and you have to be responsible for it. The book is not magic, anything like that. It's just that if you have the desire uh, to, to, to change your life, to adjust your life, to make a shift or a paradigm shift, then, then you have to be able to speak words that are empowering, that are inspiring to your spirit, that words that well, you got to speak what, what God believes about you, right? And, and a lot of times we live in a, we live in a, a time where uh, there's so much negativity, so much going on, and God planned it just right, man, really, because I dropped the book and then you got the pandemic, right? Right after. <laughs> and, and, and right after the book is dropped, right? And But people need it. People need it during the pandemic, man. People need, because they're alone with their thoughts and they're depressed and they're down, they're stressed, they have anxiety. The job is not the same. Kids are, you know, what is the kid situation with school's going to look like? People need to be able to speak the words that they, uh, you know, speak the right kind of words over their lives. So, uh, so like, God does all things well, man. At first, I was like, okay, God, I dropped the book, then the pandemic hit. But he had to show me that this is the perfect time. This, this is, is what we time. need to be talking to ourselves. Yeah, this when is everything is cut off, talking. and it, everything is cut off. We need to man, be a, a reminder that's of it. what to say to ourselves, man. So, was uh, there ever a period where you felt like the book was written for you? Oh man, it was so therapeutic, man. man it, was, it was super therapeutic for me because there are chapters in there, and I'm like, man, you know, like I'm, I'm. This is this is for me uh, because I struggle with that. I struggle with just the idea of believing. And if people say, oh man, I believe. But when you really believe in something, you do it, you act upon it. So I was saying for years, I'm gonna write a book, I'm gonna write a book, I'm gonna write a book. But I, I wasn't writing a book. I wasn't right, writing right. a book. And it wasn't, I wasn't writing a book. And it was like, it wasn't because I wasn't capable of doing it. It was right. at the core of me, I didn't believe. And and I was, I was listening to uh, Maya Angelou, her documentary, and she talked about the idea of when she would write, she literally felt God himself put her on this mission and that she had to write it, that it wasn't even up to her anymore, that God himself wanted her to write this. Right. And I, that, that just gave me so much uh, motivation to finish the book because I realized it's not about me. It's not about me anymore. When did, when did you start? Uh, I started writing the book probably two years ago. I stopped, I stopped, I stopped writing completely, got it, you know, uh, yeah, just stopped writing, man. And then I heard her say that and I called my editor up right after that. I said, let's go to work. Like, let's, let's finish this book right now because she was just waiting on me. What made she you just, stop though? Like what made you stop writing a book that's telling people to start and do and be? Man, because it's that, it's that self doubt, man. It's that belief. Yeah. It's that. I knew this was something that I needed. And so I needed, I needed to be able to share with other people. And for years, man, I would say for, well, for about a year period of time, I was just satisfied with telling people I'm writing a book. Right. And, and I talk about that in the book too, because that's really like a psychological thing that we, we, we game that we play with our, yeah, play, play yeah. our minds. You know, I talk about the concept of, because uh, at the end, the last chapter is you're talking too much. <laughs> you're talking right, too right. much. <laughs> that's <laughs> all you're doing yeah, is talking. Are yeah, you are you so talk. talented? Are you so talented that you feed and live off of your potential rather than what you really produce sometimes? At times I used to I did struggle with that, man, because I knew that I could I knew I could because of what I was what I was exposed to, 
Mm-hmm. Whether it be my dad or the books that I read in the past, I knew that I can get up and I can do something. I'm like, oh man, I can do that, you know. But you know, there's a turning point where you realize and say, man, that's not enough. Yeah. Just because okay, you know, that's not your best, and that's mm-hmm. what you have to live with. That's it. Is that was that my best? Did I give it my all? And because knowing crazy. knowing that I can do it is not the same as actually doing it. Is actually yeah. Because I'm sure during that time when other people were putting books out, you was probably saying like, "Oh, uh, it ain't it ain't gonna be as good as mine." Like I know mine is is gonna be it when it dropped. Like I should <laughs> I should do that. Like you know what I'm saying? Like just be real. Yeah, you you have that pro- feeling of you're not producing, but somebody else is, and they somebody may not have put in their ten thousand hours like you. Yeah, for sure. I definitely had people that were around me that were doing that. And I just said to myself, man, I know if I can finish it, if I can put, wrap my head around this yeah, thing. They can do it. I know. Uh, I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know I can, I know I can do this thing, man. And, and, and so for me, uh, for sure, you know, writing the book was therapeutic, man. I, it was things in the book that I just really got a chance to express and talk about. And, and uh, I'm so glad that I did it because it's like, it's not, I realized how much it wasn't about me. You know, right. it's really about uh, trying to be a servant. And that's what I've always, that's what I've always tried to do, man. I've never tried to preach motivational speaking for anything other than trying to be, a, trying to serve, man. And for me, that's authentic to me. Like you may, you have to do other things because, it, because you know, just talking about here's your gift, but you, you turn it into a business, right? right. And so, you, okay, man, yeah, I have to be on social media. I have to be, I have to have videos. I have to do that, but that's not why I'm doing it. And if you're going into it because you want to put videos out and, you know, show people I can do this and do that, then you're going for the wrong reason, man. Like, I'm really um, I'm really doing this because I just want to serve and I want people's lives to be uh, to be better. You know, I want right. people to see that it, it doesn't have to be the way it is right now. My life doesn't have to be this way. I can make a change. I can make a choice. Right. So, uh, and you yeah. Went to- that, you went to uh, U of H, right? Graduate of U of H, study psychology. When you came out, what was the job that you went into? What was the job that took you, and then you had to leave it to do this? Like, what was that one thing where it's like, uh, I got to leave this full. I got to go full time here. Where did you come from, as far as right I, out of I college? Was I was teaching. teaching. Yeah, I was. I was a teacher. But the thing about it is, I was, it was a sweet job because I was teaching. I was teaching a New Testament at a private school. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was something in my mind. I was like, man, it's ideal. Like I love, I'm, I'm already a preacher. I love studying the word. It's ideal. But I was also pre, I was also a basketball coach at the same time. So I'm just loving this, right? But I knew that that's not where God wanted me to be, right? And not 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 for the long term, right? Right, right, and right. I, I was getting comfortable there, and um, and to be honest with you, man, they let me go. Wow. <laughs> they let me go, man, and I didn't understand why. Uh, my coworkers didn't understand why. You know, I had people beside me that were really encouraging, but it was like a, a, a hit to my my ego. You know, uh, but my friend of mine, he said, "Man, listen." He said, "If you're doing all this stuff for these people, you coaching, you teaching, you waking up at four o'clock in the morning to coach. I had to, I had to coach at five o'clock in the morning, and then I had to backdoor coach afternoon. You know, so I was doing was doing right. a lot and, t- and teaching throughout the day." He said, you're putting all this work in for somebody, you know, that can let, easily let you go at any moment. How about you right. put the same work in to your craft, to what you want to do, to your business? And so when he told me that, I just uh, it just, I just believed it. And I just said, okay, um, 
Yeah, well, after you start seeing like, I, mean, I started bringing about live on purpose a lot. Live on yeah, purpose. Yeah, live yeah. On purpose. I so we started doing events in Houston and 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 I started getting more speaking engagements. Man, I just really went all Cause, in. Because you in a big city, somebody yeah. let you go from teaching and coaching. Houston is huge. Yeah. What stopped you from saying, you know, I can just apply somewhere else? Apply I'm sure somewhere. you had connections and some kind well, of network. What stopped me, man, was because I was getting events and gigs and I would have to go to my principal and ask them if I can do them. And sometimes they would tell me no. And that was very, very uncomfortable for me. And I was like, this is my purpose, though. Like, you're yeah. telling me I can't I can't go and speak, even though I'm not teaching at this time of the day. I'll go and speak to, to uh, a group and I come right back. You tell me I can't leave campus and do that. That I knew. <laughs> That's that, why that they let you go, man. Yeah, because <laughs> you're not all in. Because I was all I in. I wasn't all in. I wasn't. I wasn't. I was there, and I did my job well. But for, for when you want to teach, they want people that's going to be that. Hey, they're committed for 30, 40 years, and this is all. This is your life. And I knew it wasn't my life. You know, I knew I loved still preaching, and I knew that I was still a motivational speaker, and I had aspirations to write a book, and. So when someone was telling me no, that was something that was so real to me, my passion, my purpose. I'm like, how you tell me no? <laughs> how you telling me no about this? I can't, I can't accept that. So I didn't right. just readily go and go get another job because I knew that that was going to be an issue too. And so I just said, okay, Lord, you know, I was going to step out on faith, man. And and I was at that time, I was complaining about not getting certain gigs. You know, I was like, man, Lord, like I want this gig at this high school or this high school. And my good friend of mine, he said, man, you're thinking too small, man. You, you, you think corporation, think, think man. business. Right. Right. And, and not too long after that, man, God opened up a door for me to, to speak into the, uh, the corporate world, man. And, and, and that's kind of where I've been sitting for a little bit. Uh, but, but that's, I wasn't thinking that way. I wasn't thinking, Oh, I could do, you know, a corporation. I'm just mm -hmm. thinking, Oh, I just want to talk to some teenage kids, you know? And, and, and that's just also not realizing your value, not realizing your value, man. Right. And, and, and so, yeah, so that, that, that led me to do, to, to do that, man. So I'm grateful to God for that opportunity for, sure. for teaching. And, and I love that, but I, I had to, I had to do this. It's, it's not even a question. I had to do it. And I think that's what a call is. Like a, it's a call, uh, from something to something, right? And it is hard, it, and it looks like uh, I'm not all in. I'm not all in because I'm being called to this. You know, we call it pushed and pulled, but sometimes it's that's the calling right there. Like, yeah, in the physically, it's gigs and hey, can I go? Can I do this? But that call, when you actually answer it, it it tears up the surrounding environments. Because you're actually called out of the school, but you wouldn't go. So <laughs> <laughs> because you're comfortable and that's what people don't realize. You just you kind of brought up the the fact that hey, I got comfortable there. I, I love teaching. Mm. I love basketball. You said that. So mm. two things that you actually love are are right at your fingertips. Mm. And they pay you for it. Mm -hmm. When God calls you, he's not always concerned with what you do well as what you're put here to do. Come on. Cause come I'm going to take what you do. Well, I'm going to take the teaching. I'm going to take the coaching, but you're not going to have to ask anybody once I elevate you. Right. So you can coach people on how to speak. You can coach them how to live uh, on purpose and you can teach at the church without <laughs> cut the overhead, <laughs> cut the middleman out, but you have to answer the call. And it's, we teach a lot of times what we hear on podcasts, like, 
man, I was just getting uncomfortable there. And I just had to go. Like, I hated my job. You saying I loved it. Yeah, I, I, I did. I, I, was I like because I was comfortable because I was doing what it is that I love to do. And that I think that's that's unique. Because you don't always hear it like that. But God to say, I'm giving him what he wants. That's what he yeah, wants it, to do. <laughs> but I'm gonna elevate. Yeah, it was definitely it was it was a belief thing, right? It was like, okay, I figured that my belief took me to this level right here. Teaching, mm-hmm. coach, I'm fine, you know. Even though I knew I, I wanted to do more, but I didn't accept that calling that God was, you know, really calling me to to do. And so now what we shared off air is that you know I'm, I want to preach full time. I want to go into full time ministry. Right. Now, now, ask me that a couple of years ago, I would have shied away from that. And a good friend of mine told me was I eating lunch, man. He said, "Man, Rob, you just got the book out. You just uh." preaching too why are you not going ministry full time i hear you preach man and you you know you can preach so what, what's going on you know right and he said man people need this generation needs what you have to offer stop thinking about your parents you know like this generation here the 30s the 40s like the 20s like this millennial generation they need that style they need what yeah. you offer right the combination of the encouragement the gospel all mixed in common, you know, at, at the same time. And I didn't understand that. And when he said it to me, I said, okay, I started thinking about it, but I'll be honest with you, man. It didn't hit me until in the part of the beginning of the pandemic that I realized that I knew I needed to do this. And I was listening to Dr. King and I was watching him give his speech, the famous speech. I have a dream speech, man. And I realized something. I said, Dr. King had to be about 34, 35 years old when he gave the speech. Right. And, you know, that resonated with me. I said, man, that's, I'm only a couple of years. <laughs> like, man, he's 34, 35. I mean, that's around my age, age bracket, that's, right? That gets scary for you. That, that, I mean, to me, but what I saw with Dr. King, that I saw that this man was walking in, unapologetically, walking in his purpose. And he understood the responsibility that mm-hmm. came along with what he was saying and what he was doing at the moment, right? That it wasn't just about him. He fully embraced it to say, okay, it's not just about me, but it's about those that I'm reaching and I'm impacting. Right. If not me, then who? That's kind of how he felt about it, you know? And so when I, when I started looking at it, I said, okay, you, you, you talk about, uh, you know, church, we talk about churches, the next, who's going who's gonna to be preaching mm-hmm. in the next generation? Who's going to be doing this? Who's going to be doing that? And I just said to myself, like, why wouldn't you be one of the individuals that, that, <laughs> that, 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 you know, that, out there preaching, out there doing, you have the gifts, you're talented for it, you love it, you're passionate about it, you know that in 10 years, you're not, if God allows you to live, you won't be doing it, you'll still be doing it, you know? Right, right. You'll still, still be preaching and you'll still be teaching, you'll still be writing books, you know that about yourself, so why are you not doing it? And I realized that I was running away from the responsibility. Mm-hmm. I realized I was running away from the, 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 not just the preaching aspect of it, but it's walking in the responsibility of okay, you're take you're not just speaking for you, but you're speaking for a generation. You're speaking for you're leading a group of individuals, and I was running away from that. And so when you fully embrace that, and you understand, my my dad something said something to me years ago. He said when when you see yourself the way other people see you, then you'll start doing different things. Because he said, man, you're you you people see you in a certain way, but until you see yourself that way, it doesn't mean anything. Don't matter, right? It doesn't even matter. And so when you fully embrace that, this is who I am, this is what I'm supposed to be doing and, uh, and, and take on that responsibility to be that voice, then you're like, okay, God, just use me. All right, God, use me. And, and then so the gigs no, come. 
the gigs come, the opportunities come. And so it's like, okay, God, just, just use me in this way because it's no longer about me anymore, but it's about how do you want, how do you want me to use, how do you want me right. to be, how can I be a vessel to be a servant to your people? And so uh, for me, that, that, that's where I am now, man. I'm like, okay, yeah, Lord, I, I, I know it may be scary. It may be different to, to take on a full-time work, but I know that, um, that you'll, 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 you'll guide me through the process of it all because you've, you've guided me thus far. And, and, and that's just, that's just, sometimes we do that. We walk, we run away from the responsibility element of it because the responsibility sometimes uh, also, it also implies suffering or implies pain, you know? And so we don't want that, you know, we try to run away from, from suffering. And it's something that I've always preached, man. I always, I, I get motivational talks about the idea of suffering and that, like we're going to suffer. Like you're going to suffer. Either you're going to suffer uh, while in pursuit of your goals, or you're going to suffer while not going after you. While not going after your goals, so you might as well suffer while going after them. You suffer know, now. <laughs> so you might as well go ahead and suffer because you you trying to fight it or get around it. It's no point of that, man. So uh, yeah, man, that's that's where I am now. I just, I'm just grateful to God that he's 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 giving me peace about it because at first I didn't have peace. I didn't think that this is what I was supposed to do. And, but now I'm at a place now where I know that however this pandemic works out, it's funny that he gives me this, this, this epiphany during the pandemic. Right, uh, right, right. But, but, but I'm glad that he did it too, because God is doing a lot of uh, working on me through the pandemic. And I know it's just preparing me for whatever he asked me, asked me to do, whatever work he asked me to do. But now he knows that I'm ready. He knows right. that I'm, I'm willing to say yes to it. So do you, um do you feel like your purpose had like, an evolution process like uh purpose is you know we think i'm gonna just be this and do this but here you are now saying full-time ministry and you said five years ago i wouldn't have said that can it be we have multi-purpose within certain oh, yeah. seasons of our lives yeah for sure man i definitely believe it's an evolution process man if you had called me 12 years ago i would have told you i was a poet you know Right. You know, because when I saw you, I was I was getting into poetry really heavy. But the thing is, is that you you have to be you have to yield, and you gotta say, Lord, however you want me to be used, use me, mm-hmm. right? And we have to be open to that, um, and, and also understanding that you can use you can t- continue to use your purpose. Like for me, I didn't want to give up the speaking, the motivational speaking. And so what I realized is that I'm not giving it up. I'm just having more of an access to other people. Like right. you still, I'll still be able to do my speaking engagements, whether it's a corporation. And I was talking to my dad about that too. He said, "Man, that's you can still do both. You still can do both." Right, can right. Still the fact that somebody made you feel yeah. like you couldn't yeah, at one point is an issue. Exactly. Somebody at some point, somebody made me feel like I couldn't do both at the same time, or even, or, 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 or I, I'll give it to you like this. Sometimes people say we're a product of our experiences, or we're a product of our environment. And what I'm saying now is I'm a product of my expectations, my expectations. Yeah. Because if, if you expect, if I expect to know I'm going to do this, I can do that, you know, but, but going into it, I had no blueprint of that. I didn't, I didn't have anybody to say, Oh man, I did motivational speaking and I did preaching and I did, you know, I, so that wasn't a part of my framework, you know, my expectations, but if that's your expectation, if that's what, that's what you believe, then yeah, it's, it's possible, you know, that's what I've been called to do. That's who I, that's who I am. And so, um, and I, I, I can't even get around it if I wanted it to, if I wanted to, uh, whether I preach, you'll, you'll tell, you'll walk away being encouraged, man. Right, right, right. <laughs> so if I, if I, if I go to some corporation, you walk away 
you know, asked me to do, I preach. I'm like, man, you know, <laughs> I need to get right with God. You know what I mean? Something like that. But, sure. but I don't, and the thing is, I don't try to go to congregation and preach, you know, the gospel, but it's the principles that I drop. And I think it nourishes the spirit. You know, it nourishes the spirit. And it's like, man, I needed that. And I needed right. that. You know, I resonate with that. So, And sometimes I find like the things that you need, we need. And we don't know we need it until we meet you. You know, so yeah. I think that's kind of mixed in with purpose. You actually need the things that you give first. That's how you know we need it because right. it lacked. It had lacked for you. And so exactly. That's so yeah. good. Right? <laughs> it That's lacked so for good, you. Man. So when I see like you doing it within the the church and the corporate world, I don't know if you consider yourself a trailblazer or you can say I saw other people and I'm not going to call myself that. But to me, to me, I felt like I never I didn't see that. I see it more now. I know you. I know Marcus Black. I know some other guys who are really, really, really just on this. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to do both. Mm-hmm. And outside of that, I don't really, like I said, there's no network for it. And so when I started this podcast and I wanted to introduce the world of different ministry minds, because there are different minds, you got all kind of preachers, but they operate with in different mindsets. And so I like your style, your mindset about, I could tell just at a distance, emerging both, but people don't, they don't get it. Yeah, <laughs> some people don't get it. They don't and get I'm it. Like- <laughs> They think it's a business or they think, they think it's yeah. and, a and gimmick. You, and you get it. But some people ask me, so, oh, I didn't even know you preached. They're like, oh, I didn't even know you did a motivational speaking. Just like, yeah. I do both. You know, I, yeah. I do both. <laughs> and, and stop yeah. boxing them. We can't, we can't wear, because I don't like to wear labels and I don't like to give people labels. It, it was tough for me to even introduce you because you have to say he's this, he's that, he's that. But if you could sum up what you are, if somebody said, hey man, what do you do? What do you tell them? And I'm a servant. He's a servant. <laughs> and yeah. that should be enough. Yeah. And servant looks different, but it's just, you shouldn't have to say, I, well, I speak and I preach. Mm-hmm. It's just, I serve who? And then you become the audience because you asked me who. And so I wanted to give you the opportunity to say, like, hey, I'm a servant. And I just yeah. want to be labeled as that because at the end of the day, it's not about business. Because if we're going to be honest, Making a jump, especially if a job lets you go, that's probably a whole nother podcast about what you felt like in the gap. Yeah. And people don't know you can post a status and get 100, 200, 300, whatever, however many likes that they think, oh, man, somebody really feeling uh, Robert Harper and not know you you could have been broke that day or <laughs> you, <Yeah>. ate, <laughs> you had to get a four for four from Wendy's. And they, and they don't even, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like they don't they don't understand that talent doesn't always equate to financial Income. gain right off because you it's a market and industry yes and when people see that if somebody knows you they'll say oh, he's just doing this to come up he's just trying to come up and a servant whether i come up or not the goal is for you to come up mm-hmm. for you when i leave be honest with the people it's probably more rewarding for you that even if i gave if you did a free gig and people were changed mm-hmm. it's a high you get yeah, it's like a it's a high man. It's like they didn't even have to pay me for the look she gave me thirty minutes <laughs> straight. You know, I knew she was. You ever find that one person in the crowd? It's like I'm talking to her. Oh yeah, you're and, talking to that person, <laughs> and that's that's what resonates with you the most because you realize that this is what it's all about. Yeah. I, was, I was speaking at this this conference, man. It's called the Summit, called Game Changer. Late, a late, 
actually it's an all male summit, but a lady who was serving in the summit outside the outside of the uh the the room, but she could hear she could hear me speaking. So when I come outside, she told me she listened, she said, Your 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 speech really uh changed my life. And I was like, right. okay, I didn't really know it that well. But she had, she came to church not too long ago after that. And I saw her at church. I said, Oh, you you assistant Christ, yeah. And she said, Yeah, I'm I go to this church. And I said, Okay. Man, I saw her a couple of years later. She went back to school, got her degree. Now she's like in her forties, man. Right. She went back to school, and every time she would see me, she said, "Hey, game changer." I'm telling you, it was that speech that motivated me to go back to school, get the job that I know I'm supposed to have, and I really started rededicating my life to Christ. Right? And I said, "What?" <laughs> you know, like That's but it. every time I see her, man, she always did the same thing: game changer. Because that was the conference that that I spoke at. It was called Game Changer, and uh, but it was like that means so much more than you know speaking this one time or like that right there, knowing that you're actually making an impact right. uh, in people's lives, man, and lives are being changed. And you don't know, you don't, you, we don't know, we don't know how uh, words are impacting people. We just know that we have to yield. We have to say yes. And when you do it, you know, God does the rest, man. But, but I, I'll never forget that, that experience, man, because it, she reminds me every t- single time that I see her, you know, she'll say game changer, you right. know, and, and I, it was the evidence of her going back to school and finishing and getting a degree and getting the job that she wanted. And, you know, I said, wow, no, that's- <laughs> something you said <laughs> may have set up the next generation of her family. Yeah. And, yeah, that, and, that, and you can't whatever they were going to pay you. Yeah, it wouldn't equate to that. You know, what I'm whatever that. they did pay you, it didn't equate to the generational success from somebody who said, I'm going to get my degree and I'm going to get this level of money. Because I heard Robert Harper. Yeah, that's you, what you, that's that's what people don't know, man. And, that, you and that's can't what put I'm a saying. price tag on that. You can't put a price tag on it. And and so for when people see it, and it's like, oh man, why he charged this much for this? So why he, <laughs> if I charge nothing, it's, it it ain't gonna it ain't enough. And if I charge this much, it, it, it you can't put a price <laughs> tag on it, man. People don't understand that. It's like I don't even know what to charge you because this could bless you, or. Yeah. This could, you know what I'm saying? Like, this could really, really, you could take off after this right. way more than what you're going to give me. Way right. more than what you're going to give me. And so I want, I, that's why I wanted you on here, man. I, I'm, I'm appreciative of just you taking the time to come out and uh, be on the show. We're going to do the final questions. It's just the fun questions, and I'm going to let you go. So okay. I got to, uh, I used to do just a segment. Uh, I start out with this question right here Jordan, LeBron, or Kobe? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Oh man! This Come how on. this how I find out who's who. Who's <laughs> <laughs> so so? I'm just, Kobe's my guy, man. I'm just gonna put it like that. Kobe's my guy, and it, I, I even said before he passed away that I wanted to meet him. Just not even on, on some basketball stuff. I just love the way he think, the way he process stuff, man. The process and his his mindset, man. And and when he when he when he passed away, man, that 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 was hard for me, man. Uh, like I literally was like not the same for two days, you know, but. But Cole's my guy. Jordan, Jordan's my guy too, and LeBron is too. I like all three of them, man. It's just I, I resonated with Kobe beyond the basketball court. I put it like that. Yeah, that's fair. All right, if I come to Houston, Texas, where I need to go eat? Oh man, easy. Uh, two places for sure. Breakfast Club. Oh yeah. Or you need, yeah, Breakfast <laughs> Club. Or you need to hit up uh the, the new spot, Turkey Leg Hut. Yeah, that's on my list. I've been to uh. 
Me and my girl, we Breakfast went to Breakfast Club. Club. Man, we was at the line be wrapped around. You be on the street where they got the murals and <laughs> man, yep. that's crazy, man. What you got uh, playing in your in your car on your on your phone during your workouts? Who got the hottest album out right now to you? I mean, I got a couple of people that I listen to. So, like, uh, I don't know if you ever heard of a cat named Toby. Toby, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Toby. I listen to Toby, man, a lot. He's from Houston. Yeah, so, I know y'all gonna uh, y'all gonna represent. <laughs> yeah, man. So, I shout out to Toby, man, and he he he's doing his thing, man. It's crazy because I I literally saw him before he started all this stuff, man. You know, before he got you know the recognition and everything like that. Is just to see somebody start in such a uh, you know organic way and just and grow. It was pretty cool, man. So yeah, I listen to him a lot. I listen to um, uh, this song called Refiner, man. It's called it's called Refiner. It's about it's a group. Um, I can't even tell you the name of the group right now, man. But someone sent it to me, and I've been listening to that on on, re- on repeat, man. But it's like it's a it's a gospel song, but it really resonates with me. And so I've uh, been listening to that one. And they have, they have another song in that in that group that's called. Uh, you're a man of your word. You're a man of your word. And I've been listening to that one on repeat. So, uh, yeah, that was just right now. They, they change every, every, you know, but right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. As, outside of your own, what's your favorite book all time? Oh, man, you know, of course, the Bible for sure. Yeah. Uh, but I, I love, I love the Bible. There's a book that I, I highly recommend. You probably already heard of it. It's called The Alchemist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love The Alchemist, man. I love any Malcolm Gladwell book, too. Uh, yeah, Alchemist, nice. Yeah, I like Malcolm Gladwell. Uh, there's uh, there's a book that I'm I'm getting ready to start right now. It's actually uh, I should have read it years ago, but it's called um, you may have heard of. It. It's called In Between the What is it called? Uh, man, I can't. I think it's the exact name of it, but it's written by an author by. Uh, Black author, young guy, probably like in his thirties or forties, early forties. Uh, man, I can't think of the name right now, Doc. But it's, he he wrote a, he wrote a book called In Between, or and he wrote another book recent, just recently. Talk, it talks about being in the waters or waters or. Okay. I can't I can't I can't remember it right now, Doc. But <laughs> that's when you read too many books and you can't you can't place them <laughs> in your file cabinet in your I head. I, I get like that. Man, I get like that. I get like that too. Uh, speaking of the Bible. I always ask this: If you could see up close with your own eyes any event from Scripture, which event are you looking at? Oh wow! This question I always get everybody, man. If I could get any event, you get a front row seat to any event in Scripture: Old Testament, New Testament, wherever you want to go. Okay, I, I would I would probably say my initial would probably be the the cross, the crucifixion, like the, the crucifixion. Yeah, sure. just because just because you just want to know like how I, I would I would want to know like the level of intensity, like what everybody was was doing and saying, and and, and how you know uh, people were running around scared, whatever. It's like just having like a window seat to 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 how everything going on and his climb, his ascension. Like mm-hmm. I would I would want to see that as being fascinating, you know. Um, but I'm really fascinated with Paul too, man. Just, just fascinated with his life and his transformation. So probably either one of those two. For sure. Yeah. I, could, I don't know if I want to see the crucifixion, man. I might. Oh, I don't know if I could. I don't know if I could watch it. I don't know if I could watch it. When I was a child, the Passion of the Christ alone was What's enough up? for me, and I felt like 
Well, that if they if they're acting that, I don't know if we can see it live. Uh, what's your pre a pregame ritual for when you speak? Is it a certain food? Is it a certain song? Is it a certain uh, uh, you you chant anything to yourself? Like what are you? You got to wear your lucky socks. What <laughs> is it that you do right before you get up? Uh, the main thing is just I, I try to spend some time, probably read my notes, but just relaxation. I relax on that day. I don't do a whole, I don't do a lot of stuff, so I try to just uh, rest. You know, I may look over my notes a little bit, pray, but my main thing is rest, man. I don't want to be doing a whole bunch, just running around doing a whole bunch of stuff. So for sure, yeah, for sure. All right, this we gonna we gonna we gonna take it left. We are gonna take it left. All right. You take. A girl on a date anywhere, where are you taking her? Man, okay. That's a good question. If I can take her out on a date anywhere. Because they think preachers are boring, so where are you taking her? <laughs> uh, man, I would probably take some something, like some sightseeing, you know, something yeah, like, uh, yeah, I love like, if I could just drop, go to the Grand Canyon or go somewhere like that, you know, just kind of an adventure type type of spot. I like stuff. I like being outdoors. I like traveling. So I would I would want to do something like that. You got any uh, 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 notches on your passport? Anywhere you've been lately? Nah, I haven't, man. I haven't been anywhere, especially this pandemic. But yeah, I yeah, been yeah. <laughs> man, the last question. And this is just because we only, usually we only know people from social media. We never really know the real them and they can never really tell us in their own words what do you want people to know about Robert Harper when you die you leave this world if we ever have to misunderstand you what is it who are you what what do we take away yeah, what do we I, need I would, to know yeah I want people to know that um, yeah I was trying to be a man after God's own heart man I wasn't perfect I wouldn't I didn't do everything the right way, you know, all the time, you know, but I was definitely a man after God's own heart. If you guys know me, uh, there was like a purity of heart. That's 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 always there. You know, even from a kid, you know, even, you know, I, I wanted sometimes I, I didn't always do the right thing, but I want people to know that that's always my intentions. And right. also, know, you know, you know, talking about preaching, man, I just dropped this too. Sometimes people put people in boxes when it comes to preaching. And it's like, man, like preaching is not who I am. It's what I do. You know, it's not who I am. Right. And, Man, I, you know, if you catch me just hanging out, like I love sports, I love to laugh, I like to crack jokes, you know, and sometimes you don't always see preachers in that box. You know, you see right, preachers right. in the box, you're like, oh, man, he can't. He, the persona you know, is, is the persona, left on stage right? and, and you think that's me. Yeah, and yeah, it's, it's not. It's like I, I intentionally do that every now and then on social media. I crack a joke or I do this and that. Right, right. Because I want people to know that, man, you know, I'm not, <laughs> I'm a real person. I'm, I'm a real person. person. I like to laugh. <laughs> I like to joke. You know, and, and I'm a human being, man. So I, I would want people to know that uh, for sure. That I'm a servant. I, I, I really want to to have a have, be a man after God's own heart. That's it. I'm, I'm just like you, man. I'm a human being. That's it. And I like that answer yeah. because I and I usually get something to that variation because I think people we box ministry leaders in, like you said, mm -hmm. and we forget. Like you said, I don't do everything perfect. I mm -hmm. I'm not perfect. I'm a person. I'm a person. And I think when we value our leaders as people, we'll understand that their struggles, we'll understand their failures, but we'll also be able to celebrate with them 
on the right on the right level because we realized he struggled and got there. Exactly. <laughs> he he fell and got back up. And yeah. so you can that makes you just relatable in ministry. If yeah. you can value me as a person, then you'll understand and really receive my word better because you understand I'm just like you. And Jesus died to save me too. So yeah. so man, I appreciate you. I, I'm I'm glad we were able to do this. Hopefully we can get you back and we yeah, can do it sure, again, man. man. Tell everybody where to follow you, your handles, uh, where to get the book, and just where to see you, what's next for Robert Harper. Okay, uh, well, you can go to my website to get the book, or you can go to Amazon to get the book. Uh, my website is robertharper2.com. Uh, uh, you can go to Amazon, Robert Harper, uh, talk to yourself, it'll come right up. Uh, IG is usually where I am. IG uh, is Robert Harper2. Facebook, Robert Harper. And I'm on Twitter too, but I'm just, you know, I'm not extremely active on Twitter, but I'm on, I'm on Twitter as well, but it's Robert Ian Harper on Twitter. Uh, and what's coming up, man, is actually I'm, I'm producing an audio book, you know, for the book that I just released. And so finishing up the audio book uh, in a few weeks and I'll be looking to, to kind of start promoting that and pushing that as well. Uh, but also I would love for people to join the book club. I man, I do a book club every Saturday uh, All right. for those who would like, like to, to do be it. part of it. Yeah, man. Just I, I post information uh, right around every week on Tuesday. I post it for for Saturday. So if you would like to be a part of it, the link is always in my IG bio. Just click the link and say I want to be a part of this free book club. And, and we're talking, we're discussing the book. I, I won't be the host, but there's always a good host on there. But I'm there. So if you want to ask me questions as well, that's that's great. But there's always a new host on there, and, and we're talking about principles from the book. And so even if you haven't read the book, I still encourage people to come on the book club because I think the discussions that we have and the conversation is so uplifting. You know, so it's just for an hour. You know, we just come on a group of, group, of, group of people who's who's read the book. Some people who haven't read the book, but we talk about the principle. And, and and those principles can can really be uh, can be helpful whether you've read the book or not. So, uh, right. yeah. So I, I would encourage people to come and do that. I'm, I'll, I'll be on for the next. We'll be doing that for six more weeks. And for the Houston uh, for the Houston people who want to stop by and visit the church and check y'all out, where y'all located? Uh, right now we're located at the Sherrington North. Sherrington North. Uh, we're like, we're not there meeting right now because of the pandemic. But it's, it's called this uh, it's a hotel. We're meet, actually meeting in a hotel right now. And but right now we can we're, we're doing conference calls uh, and I get a chance to do some speaking engagements uh, via Zoom or uh, with with preaching wise and Facebook live from time to time. But but preaching wise, we're all on a conference call. For sure. For sure, man. I appreciate it. And uh, everybody go get the book. It's out now on Amazon and on his website. I really want you all to get it. Join the book club, reach out to them. Young speakers, reach out to them, connect with them, uh, learn more about them. We didn't have the time to tell everything, but this this is a this is a good brother, and he'll take the time out to to pick you up and, and get you to where he is or impact your life in, in any way he can. So until next time, thank you, Robert Harper. Appreciate the opportunity, man.